Okay, we're up again. Uh, what? 14, 15? Is it? 15, I think. Yeah. I think it's 15. Is it really? Yeah. Are well, I don't sure? know. Are we counting the special edition or no? No, we're we, not counting the special edition. I think it's old. 14 now. Should we check? Yeah, honestly, I can't remember. You gotta go to iTunes real quick. Welcome to uh, podcast number 13. 13. 13. 13. This is, we only done 12? Yeah. No. Well, this is lucky number 13 episode. January 27th. It's been since January since yeah. the last one? No. Was the last one you did the one I was on? Yeah. No. Oh, was I was going to say, man. I don't know, but it's, it's 12 is what it says, and then the special edition. Okay, my bad. So welcome to episode 13 of the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and with me, we have an all-star cast of characters here today. We've got uh, Jason Marlowe's with us. What's up? We've got Caleb Stoots back in the house. What's up? And member Ryan Gant, he's back. How's it going, folks? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hang out for a little bit. He's got a client coming a little bit. What, uh, 12... 130? 1.30. Oh, you got plenty of time. Yeah. We might, you, you'll we can get dive into some stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll get in some good stuff here. So we are back. The last time uh, I did any broadcast, I did the special edition episode one of the basically a countdown to the competitions I have coming up. The first one will be in eight weeks tomorrow. And then if all goes well, we'll be shuffling off to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for nationals, trying to be one of the best old guys in the country at the national level in the master's division. So if you haven't checked that out, check it out. And I think because also I did, I was a guest on the keto savage podcast that kind of filled in a little bit of a void there too. So if you haven't listened to that, check out my good friend, Robert over at keto savage. We had a great little podcast there. So you might want to check that out, but otherwise we are back on our home turf with the home court advantage, ready to dive into episode lucky 13 and we were gonna we threatened to have nancy on here but yeah, she still was, hasn't uh she took off yeah she took off she, I think she's she, afraid she she's afraid and she needed to buy dirt and <laughs> apparently my suburban is filled with garden dirt and cow shit currently <laughs> podcast so, seems like they would be right up her alley though she loves you think to talk. she loves to talk so once you get her in here behind the mic and turn it on we can just sit back and drink because yeah, right. you know she'll just <laughs> yeah she's going to especially if we have questions all you gotta do is ask her like four questions there's an hour and a half yeah. right there yeah. so that, that's the way we'll play that and i think people really want to hear i've actually still had some people um she does need to be request she plays her to an be on part here. you know she does play an important role when she's being nice to me um <laughs> And then the other thing people keep talking about is uh, it, a day doesn't go by that somebody doesn't want a T-shirt, and now the guy responsible for that is sitting here. So you can yell at Caleb, go to the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Facebook group, tag Caleb Stutes, and yell at him because it's his <laughs> fucking fault. Okay? <laughs> T-shirts are getting worked on as as we speak. It's all it's all happening. Since it's about to be summer, we've bypassed hoodies and we're going right into baseball hats. So and maybe some tanks later because all the all let's the, do some crop tops. Crop tops with. Can we do like the Richard Simmons, like pin, oh, yeah. pinstripe Absolutely. and like bedazzled glitter shit? You got to do some booty shorts. Ooh, get some, of those. Booty some shorts. squat some shorts, squat shorts, quadzilla, like a, <laughs> like a skull, a skull on the left ass. Cheek. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Put the skull on the ass. I like cheek. how this is. I want something on like the band, almost like a tramp stamp, like on the band. What are those little shorts, shorts? Like the little volleyball gymnast girls used to wear. Uh, they still do. Um, the, uh, what are those called? Sophie shorts. Sophie's. Yeah, the Sophie shorts. We need to get some of those with the logo on the ass. Yeah. 
for all those big booty girls out there in the well, the new wellness division. <laughs> Forget <laughs> the girls in front of see Jason in the <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to see Jason. No one wants to see that. Hey, he's me. already got the calves for it. I'm sure. Jason's got a sweet ass if you like him. <laughs> if, 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 if you like him curvy. <laughs> Don't he's throw him out. He's got a nice ass for a fella. I'll just tell you. <laughs> I've seen him squat and I've seen him, you know, prone position on the leg curl. And it is a sight to behold. Yeah, you sweet. see me squat about a me and Tom yesterday. <laughs> I, I saw him working the hammies today on, on the hamstring curl machine. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, my hammies are on fire. Yeah, yeah, my hammies are too. Everything's on fire. We, uh, I'm in a deep cut. I'm fucking hungry. But that's not just me because Caleb is down 70 freaking pounds. Yeah. Oh, 70 pounds. Tell yeah. us about that. So, yeah, I mean, I started, I think I talked about that on the, in the last one I was on here. I started really, I guess, like the first of December, and now it's April 23rd, and I'm, yeah, down 70 pounds. I was 310. I weighed 240 right now, so. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean, just doing pretty much basic keto, just staying away from carbs, really. I mean, eating a bunch of meat, and that's that's my diet. I just eat meat all the time. And you're doing refeeds and on I the do, weekends? And yeah, we're going to talk about that today. Do, today's uh, the refeed. Yeah, today's yeah. the refeed show. So normally on, like, Friday night and then, like, even Saturday for lunch, I'll usually have, you know, like a taco or or taco. something or just really rice is what I try to get for my refeeds. So like you know go going to an Asian restaurant and getting just a bunch of chicken and a load of rice. And then after that, I usually see a lot of good results from that because normally I end up being lighter on Monday. Yeah. After I do the refeed, which mm-hmm. happens all the time. That that voodoo usually plays out with most people if they do it right. So right. And we're going to talk about that. Jason is down too, big time. You're like uh, 20 21, pounds? 21 pounds. 21 pounds. And yeah. what's the timeline been on that? Uh, about two months. Two months, 21 pounds. So, and But I've, I've kind of hit a little stall there, so maybe I need to do a big refeed. Yeah, I think weekend. you need a refeed. So we're going to um, talk about that. And You'll drop two more. Ryan's cutting down too, just just for shits and giggles, mm-hmm. just well, just just to be supportive. Honestly, it's, it's really hard to do what we do in here every day and not yeah, follow the same really diet is. you do. I mean, it's it really know, is. And and Ryan, we're, you we're know, staying game ready. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan's got a baby on the way coming in August. He's coming up to summer, so he's like, I'll just get shredded just to just to be my usual badass. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so be a no, badass. No dad, dad bod for yeah, him. No dad bod for Ryan. He's like, f it. When the baby comes, I will be shredded to the damn bone. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's skin to skin. So yeah, when little, be, when little flex gas comes out. Yeah. So the cool. All right. What else is going on? Anything else new? I mean, I forget. Like the workouts everyone. have been like extremely brutal for the last two right, months. Right. I, don't, I remember that every yeah, day. Yeah, I guess they have been. And I think the fact that we're all in a caloric deficit makes them even more shitty. Yeah, caloric so. deficit. And then Rob deciding that he needs to have Jay Cutler quads. So, <laughs> so recently, every single leg day has been like quad <laughs> hell. to bring out a little separation. I'd like a little more separation this year. Um, we've. I wanted to add a little bit to the back. Uh, from what I've been told, since I can't see the damn thing, that's worked a little bit, and we want to bring out some quad definitions. So we've been going quad. Yeah, crazy. your back is huge right now. Well, <laughs> let's not lose our ads. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just saying. Every time you do that lat spread, I mean, compared to what I remember your back looking like, I mean, the back is pretty wide. To be eight weeks out, yes, it's, yeah. it's very lean. Very, You're I'm, very cut. I'm very, very happy. I'm glad I started earlier this time. It's worked out well. I think the plan is coming together. Eight weeks on Saturday, I'm definitely 10%, if not sub 10%. Um, seeing the vascularity, I'm seeing, sep- seeing separation. So 
I'd love to come in two weeks out ready and then just hang on to that mm-hmm. and then just work conditioning, 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 and just be ready to to do my thing in Charlotte and hopefully come out with a 50-plus win. Maybe I'll get lucky again. And I haven't decided, should I do the Open like I did last time? I or might as well. Why, I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. Why not, right? So yeah. I think I'll do the Open and the 50-plus, get all my qualifications in order. Uh, we'll do one little cheat meal after the show. And then it's right back to business as usual. For four weeks, next, right? Four weeks, yeah. Mm. So because I think I'm, I'll be eight weeks. If I've done the math right, I think I'm eight weeks tomorrow and fourteen weeks to nationals. So it's something to that effect. So we'll we'll do one. I, I probably want to. Do we want to have the cheat meal after the show that night? Uh, Since well, we'll all be traditionally together. we have. Yeah, we'll all yeah. be together. But then come Sunday morning, I'm back on. So yeah, yeah. which is fine because. I keep saying the Charlotte show is just a business trip. So right. we'll, we'll get business done and we'll have a little bit of fun that night and then it's right back on board. So, mm-hmm. And I'll look at that meal after the show because I'll be depleted as shit. Mm-hmm. Because you know if you've never done this, not only am I depleted in general, we'll do that little carb up, we'll get ready for the show, but just going through the, the physical stress of the competition itself and posing and squeezing everything out and you know, that night I'm going to need to put some shit back in. So uh, I think we'll be totally fine there. Yeah. I mean, for people that have never even seen like a bodybuilding competition or really, I mean, just watching you in the gym, do your poses and everything, not even on a stage, but just in out here, seeing how long you can hold a pose for and just training your body for that. Like, I mean, he's sweating (laughs) after he's, I mean, it's literally a, a whole nother workout in itself that you're doing after a workout just by, Holding those poses. Yeah, posing is tough. Ryan knows all about that. Mm. Uh, posing mm. sucks, and it's Terrible. way harder than anybody thinks it is. Especially in a deficit, you just catch cramps. Yeah, you catch cramps. Cramp. I'm catching cramp cramp cramps right cramp. now, just walking around. Um, I've been getting some, I got some quad cramps this morning, literally just standing there training a client. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but in the shower in the morning, you know, raising my arms up to, you know, wash my upper back and arms and shoulders. I'll catch cramps in my upper lats <laughs> and my rear delts. And it's crazy. I, and I just think when you start working that conditioning and you are so depleted, I almost look at it like a positive thing. It's like I, I like it when I catch it because yeah. I feel like I'm doing shit right. Because I always say if you're not suffering, you know, at eight weeks out, if you're not suffering, you're doing the shit wrong or you're not taking it seriously. And it's not going to pay off. It's not going to pay off. You're going to look like shit. You're going to look like shit. And um, I'm going to do a peak week. Uh, I don't know if you guys listen to the special edition or not, but I'm going to do a, a peak week show on Monday. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to outline what my plan's going to be for peak week on Monday, eight weeks out. And then I'm going to do a podcast right after the show and say and, and outline what I actually did, and it might mirror it completely. It might be a little different or whatever, and we'll see kind of how I did. So we're going to talk about peak week next week, the plan for that. So. so I've been through three, I think, three with you. And for me, this is going to be weird because you've never done one back-to-back. I mean, that this close. Yeah, this is new territory for me, too. Four weeks differences. Uh, like. And, you know, I've got my, my friend Melvin who's gonna who's done several back-to-back, so he's going to kind of help me keep my head together uh, as I come off of that first show and help me keep my shit together for another four weeks because it's hard. And, mm. I, and I've read some blog posts, and I've read, I watched some YouTube videos of competitors who've done back-to-back. If you haven't checked out John Meadows' video of doing four 
wow. like in a stretch, like almost all together. And that's where he does, uh, somebody actually photoshopped the face of Skeletor oh, yes. over his face because he had such death face. He was so sunk in and drawn up and his conditioning was so freaky. And he did four shows back to back. And it's, God, I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't. I, I think two is going to be How many weeks apart did he do that? They weren't very far apart. Like I mean, he, he had a string of shows. Four. And all of it culminated, I believe, with the Arnold Classic. Mm-hmm. And I, everybody loves John Meadows. Nobody can dispute that. But if anybody looks at the photos of the Arnold Classic that John Meadows was in, you tell me that fucker didn't win. And yeah. I think he got like fourth or fifth. Yeah, it's, it's His conditioning was freakish. Like nobody even came close. It even pissed John Meadows off. And that's the nicest guy on earth. <laughs> and just check that out. Go to his channel, Mountain Dog Diet or Mountain Dog One or something like that. He's easy to find. Most people probably subscribe anyway. But that that's a neat series of videos. But that dude was, and he said he lived off of egg whites for the last like three or four weeks before. Oh, yeah. Egg whites and sugar-free ketchup is all wow. he ate for like mm-hmm. the last three or four weeks. And yeah, flavor those egg whites or something. It's brutal, man. Yeah. And well, That's Chris, what I, Chris Bumstead says ketchup is life. He does. <laughs> Chris Bumstead also eats French fries. Chris, Chris Bumstead carbs up with French fries. I'm telling you, those last three weeks, egg whites and fish, man. Yeah, man. That, it'll be white and fish and egg whites. And That's for me, it. it's going to be hot sauce. Yeah. I'm not a big ketchup guy. I don't, I don't like the sugar-free ketchup that much. For me, it's chipotle hot sauce. Well, That's whenever you get down to that point, it's always about rotating your condiments. <laughs> rotating your What did you say? Rotating yes. condoms? What? I mean, <laughs> rotating your condiments. You got to rotate your condoms, apparently. Mustard, uh, sugar-free ketchup, hot sauce, all of it. Have you had yeah. that sweet hot mustard? Yes. Oh, God, that is so I just keep three different types of Texas peat in my fridge right now. Like literally like with the different, I'm like, I got to change this up a little bit. So yeah. Um, so there, that's where we are right now. So eight weeks out, shit's hitting the fan. It's getting fun. So we're going to, uh, and what we've decided and everybody's going to be out there like, yeah, right. Every other Friday we're doing a podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've got it nailed down. So it's either going to be me and Jason if Caleb can hang out, great. If Ryan can come in, even better. But every other Friday, we're going to do a podcast no matter what. So we finally got that shit nailed down. So you don't have to message me on Facebook anymore and saying, when's the hugging? It's every other Friday. So we're going to do something whether they suck or not. So whether you like it or not, you're getting one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in here every single day anyway. We're in I here mean, anyway. Yeah. So, if you're also but, in a caloric de- deficit, you can just listen and cry with us. <laughs> <laughs> What what was the uh, the egg white girl? The egg white girl. <laughs> People still mention the egg white girl. Yeah, I saw that on on the uh, on the Facebook page, and I was like, wow, I had no idea that story was going to hit yeah, that, that hard. That, that's a viral story yeah. in, in in the group. So that that's good shit. So let's talk about refeeds. You know, it's it's a hot topic all the time, but I think we have to be careful with it because when you when you have over a hundred online clients you kind of get this sixth sense when people start asking you about refeeds. Mm. You can tell the people that are saying, listen, I'm dieting my ass off. I'm training my ass off. I'm fucking spent. I feel like shit. I'm, I'm putting in the work and yeah, you need to be refeeding. And I usually like to take, I used to, I like to make sure that somebody is well adapted Mm-hmm. before we start bringing those carbs in. And it doesn't need to be a hard adaptation. You know, three, four weeks, 
sometimes for some people a little longer and not everybody does well with refeeds but most do so let's let's throw that out there first and, and we've mentioned that in the past but i think everybody at this if you're at this level needs to do it and then conversely you get the people out there that are you can tell they're just trying to eat shit they're looking for a cheat meal. <laughs> They're looking for a cheat meal. <laughs> right. So I think we have to kind of break down some some sort of refeed laws or commandments. And I think number one needs to be there is a difference between a cheat meal and a refeed. Right? right? Mm-hmm. Everybody agree with that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and if anybody has a story or an anecdote or a metaphor they want to throw in at any point, do that. But uh, it's not just about... And you see it in the group, the guy that posts the burgers and fries. I'm like, yeah, refeed. I'm like, dude, no, that's a cheat meal. And that's fine on occasion. You know, sometimes you need to, to have that little reset to sort of get your head together. And how about, that's okay. How about this? How about you can't dirty bulk and refeed with the same meal? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically the same thing they're saying. I, I'm going to dirty bulk here. I'm going to eat a ton of calories. And then say this, I'm going to say it's the same thing as a is it's going to be a refeed. It's not. Yeah. And One of my big rules is you always have to hit your protein. Yeah, you got to hit your protein. You got to hit your protein because I find a lot of times a lot of my clients they, whenever they, say cheat on the weekend or something like that, they get two piece of shit meals and then they don't hit their protein. Right. And because the excess carbs, it just makes them feel full, mm. and then sure. they don't hit their protein. No, I'm a big believer in that, and and I'm going to walk you through what you're going to find to be the most insanely simple formula on earth, because this is, let's, let's rewind back. This is ketogenic bodybuilding. And when I started putting this shit together back in 2014, you know, to be fair, I think the benefits of a ketogenic diet are just spectacular. They're off the hook. There's, there's too many to count. But at the same time, if you're just a cubicle sitting secretary and you're just trying to lose a few pounds, you can go full keto, you can even do higher fat keto, and as long as you're in a caloric deficit, you're gonna get results from that. But if you're trying to build what we call an extreme physique, that's what we do. We train, we lift, we're bodybuilders. And there's even you know members in the group that are like hardcore, you know, for lack of a better term, crossfitters or functional strength athletes. We've even got high-level endurance athletes, people who are trying to train at a high level. These this is the people that we appeal to. So when I put this together, it didn't take me long to realize that if you're going to try to put on lean mass, sustain lean mass, maintain lean mass, build that extreme physique, you still had to borrow elements from the tried and true methodology of the hardcore bodybuilder, physique, competitor, enthusiast, whatever. So you can't reinvent the wheel. There is a place for carbohydrates, and we all agree with that. It is a useful tool that you pull out of the toolbox under, circum- circum- under certain circumstances to make sure that you're always pushing the envelope forward and building that body and not losing any lean mass. At the end of the day, it's all about maintaining muscle, building and maintaining muscle. So in order to do that, refeeds are basically just reverting back to the tried and true you know, high protein, higher carbohydrate, lower fat, which is what bodybuilders always did back in the 90s and many still do now. But those of us who like the benefits of lower carb ketogenic style diets, we've learned that by depleting and using that methodology, maybe, you know, five or six days a week and then sprinkling in carbohydrates in a very structured manner at the right times and the right amounts, you can actually, you know, 
keep your body's natural metabolic processes from slowing. You can control things uh, at, like people have leptin resistance by going low carb too long. It's basically your satiety hormone and you need to re-stimulate that. You also run into a lot of people who have hormonal issues with thyroid. And T3 is a thyroid hormone that can be suppressed by long-term bouts of low-carbohydrate eating. And we've learned and we know that by eating carbohydrates in a controlled manner, you can re-stimulate the production of T3, a thyroid hormone, which does regulate or re-regulate thyroid function. So there are benefits, legitimate benefits to the refeed, not only just uh, in, in muscle growth and sustaining and maintaining lean muscle, but an overall you know, healthy environment as well. So there's so many benefits from that, from, from having these refeeds. So basically what we do, and it's really, really simpler than you think it is, when I'll go through a period of five days of depletion, and that is, like Ryan said, maintaining very, very high levels of protein, moderate fat intake, and those fats are from mainly the, the, the fats that we get from the meats that we consume, some egg yolks, I'll use some MCT oil, things like that, maybe some omega-3 oils like olive oil and stuff like that, and then we keep the carbohydrates relatively low. But then the cool thing about carbohydrates is it's very muscle sparing. And if you get into too deep of a... a of a lower glycogen state, you know, you've depleted too much glycogen, you're depleting a, a, a really, really good source of energy that you can use during training. So that's why I will consume the bulk of my carbohydrates Monday through Friday around the workouts. So I'll take in, you know, 20, 30, sometimes 35 grams of carbohydrates pre-workout, burn those carbs off during the intense workouts that we all know we engage in and we work our asses off. And then those carbohydrates have been utilized and gone, sparing the protein that we've taken in. So we're not burning the protein and going into any risk of gluconeogenesis to burn amino acids for fuel. So we can then use that protein for what it's intended to do, which is maintain and regrow mass. Make sense? Yep. Was that fairly easy yeah. to okay. yeah. easy to follow? I, I hate being too sciencey because then it turns into my science is better than your science, and then it Whoa. just turns into a shit. There's show. a lot of people that like the science. Yeah, but there, again, you can you can find science to support just about anything if you mm -hmm. dig hard enough. And then there's, you know, so yeah, there's going to be some anecdotal evidence involved, and I think the fact that every physique competitor since the fucking 1950s has been using some form of carbohydrate as a tool, even back in the Vince Garanda era, back in the, the golden era of bodybuilding, when it was steak and eggs and steak and eggs and protein and protein, they still knew to bring in some carbohydrate to keep that glycogen on point and, and you know, fuel the workout. So there's that. So when I'm doing a refeed, I'm going to walk you through this simple formula. This is how I do it. So I'm going to take a, a just a very simple example here of let's just say hypothetically that I'm dealing with a client and I have set their macros. And let's say for this particular client, I have him or her in a caloric deficit to burn body fat. So let's just say I have them taking in 300 grams of protein. That's 1200 calories. Let's say I have them taking in 100 grams of fat, that's 900 calories, but I have them very low carb, and let's say I have them at 30 grams of carbohydrate, well, that's 120 calories. 
So let's say through the week, Monday through Friday, I've got them at a caloric deficit of 2,220 calories. Once again, divided up into 300 grams of protein, 100 grams of fat, and 30 grams of carbs. Now, the reason the fat calories are 900, almost the same as the protein calories at 1,200, very close, is because we have to remember protein has 9 grams excuse me, nine calories per gram, where protein only has four calories per gram. So fat has a greater caloric punch per gram. So once again, if through Monday through Friday, if I have them at 300 protein, 100 fat, and 30 carb at 2,220 calories, I bring them into a refeed day, say Saturday or Sunday, I sort of flip the script on the fat and the carbohydrate. So what I would do is I would maintain that 300 grams of protein, maybe even a little more if I want to bring that caloric intake up to pull them out of that deficit, which is also a good thing to restore that leptin sensitivity we talked about and things like that, and to maybe boost that uh, T3 production. I would then take the carbohydrates, and instead of 30 grams of carbs, I would do 250 grams of carbs. And that's, that's low-balling mm-hmm. for, for a lot of people. That would uh, basically maybe may flipping the fat and the carbs. So if I take them at 250 grams of carbs instead of 30, that's 1,000 calories, mm-hmm. okay? So then I take my fat and I lower that. You don't need that huge fat punch when you're refeeding glycogen. So I drop the fat to somewhere around 30 grams of fat for that day. So I've got some still at their 300 grams of protein. I've got them at 250 grams of carbs. It's 1,000 calories from carbs. And I've got them at 30 grams of fat, which is 270 calories from fat, 2,470 calories. So it's a little bit more calories, which is good for a refeed. I've replenished glycogen with that 250 grams of carbs. I've dropped the fat down to 30 for that particular refeed day. I've only upped the total caloric intake by a couple hundred calories but we completely flipped the script on protein, or excuse me, carbs and fat. Does that make sense? Did I explain Mm -hmm. that okay? And maybe I need to type this out and like upload it to the group or something as as a visual. But uh, so that's the way I generally, that's my generally my base for most people in prescribing a refeed. If somebody is if, if I have a really hard, hard, hard training athlete that's really been depleted, killing themselves, I may choose to up that carb limit a little bit more, really pull them into that, even into maintenance calories or even a surplus for that day. And then right back into Sunday, I may bring them right back into flipping gap back into their normal deficit. I mentioned in my update podcast earlier in the week, episode one of my update, that I've actually been doing two refeed days and it's been working really, really well for me. So I would go into my carb refeed equation where I flip the script on fat and carbs and I'll do that for two days. Mm -hmm. And then I'll come back into Monday and deplete again. And the other thing that I do is I take my carbs around workouts and I go very instinctive and intuitive on that. So knowing that I've replenished glycogen massively on Saturday and Sunday, I'm gonna play my carbs around workouts by ear. So like on Monday, on back day, or Tuesday, on shoulder day, maybe it's just a rice cake, or maybe just one scoop of that intracell, which is literally nine grams of carbs, Mm -hmm. because I've replenished so much and I've refilled those glycogen stores over the weekend for my refeed, okay? And then maybe coming in on leg day, well, shit, we know how leg day is, so then maybe I start to bring those 
TKD carbs back up again to more of that 35 range. That's when Ryan, I, you know, Ryan sees I have my very famous cream of rice and chicken meal at 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, you know, those, those carbohydrates that I'm going to use primarily for our 1230 workout. So that I go very intuitive on Monday and Wednesday with my carbs around workouts. Maybe it's a lower number, then start to slowly bring those uh, pre-workout carbs up a little bit, titrate that number up Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as I'm depleting through the week. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then I come into the weekend, bam, it's time to refeed again and replenish to be prepared for the following week. Doing this, when I started doing this very, very structured weekend refeed with a hard depletion it really started to kick in well about 17 weeks out but when i went super structured working my own formula like this at 12 weeks out that's when i saw this massive flush Mm -hmm. and i just went from puffy and you know not not the not the prettiest physique to all of a sudden within literally a, a couple of weeks from weeks 12 to 10 it was like this massive flush. It was like this dump where my body said, okay, we're here again, mm-hmm. we get it. And everything just, I just kind of cleaned up the junk. Mm-hmm. And then from, from 12 to 10, doing this method, everything just fell off. Yeah, It's like whenever you do it, like one or two times, your body is a pretty amazing thing and just kind of remembers. Right. Yeah, good point, Ryan. And, I, and I've said this for years, if you can suck it up and get to that point where you go through a hard 12 week cut, maybe even longer, and you get to that guy's sub seven or sub ten percent body fat down into that seven eight percent range, shredded, peeled. Women, you get down under you know that that fourteen percent range. Uh, your body will then remember the next time you do that, and it'll be easier the next time, then easier the next time, then easier the next time. So it's been easier for me to get to well sub below ten percent body fat in 2021 than it was back in 2015 Mm -hmm. even for that show because my body remembers because we've been systematically doing this sort of rebooting it basically every year so that's how i do my carbohydrate refeed and to the point that we talked about earlier it's not cheat meals it's not burgers and fries i would say the worst thing that i have had in a refeed has been chicken and broccoli at a Mm. Chinese place, Mm -hmm. which is white rice, chicken, broccoli, and their brown sauce. Mm -hmm. And I think I responded so well from that because of the massive amounts of sodium that you're getting in Chinese food. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, you know, the scoops of rice and so on. And there was one, uh, me and my wife went to Charlotte for a weekend shopping thing. And I went to Cracker Barrel and I got egg whites and sourdough French toast with sugar-free syrup. They had sugar-free syrup there at Cracker Barrel, if you didn't know. And that's that's the worst I've done since week seventeen. Right. You know that's the sh- what you would call like cheating. I haven't had burgers and fries. I haven't had pizza. I haven't had garbage. I haven't had anything like that since seventeen weeks out. What so. are some of the things that you like to um, eat on your refeed? What are some good examples that people could probably follow um, my, whenever my, they're thinking of a refeed? My favorite by far is the tried and true staple world famous 90s cream of rice because it's so adaptive i mean you can put chicken in it you can put eggs in it you can eat it by itself you can put you could spoon peanut butter in that shit you could put some fruit in it i mean it's and 
A little bit of fruit on a refeed isn't a bad idea either because it does replenish some liver glycogen, which other complex carbohydrates generally don't go into the liver where some fruit does. So I may do a handful of berries here, every, you know, nothing crazy. Um, so the cream of rice is so adaptive. You can do anything with it. I love my sweet potatoes, big giant sweet potato. I'll be doing that actually tonight with some fish and uh, white rice. I still love white rice. And, and I'll do my other big secret. Um, if you don't know, I love cereal. Fucking love cereal. <laughs> You know, if I'm cheating, it's like two big ass boxes of sugar shit, you know, fruity pebbles, fruity lucky, pebbles charms. lucky charms, that kind of stuff. So I love that whole um, cereal, milk, crunchy texture, crunch something kind of a thing. So my hack with that on a refeed is rice checks. Hmm. Rice checks is basically just puffed freaking rice. There's mm -hmm. not much there. Super low sugar, maybe like a gram or two per serving. Huh. Uh, 30 some grams of carbs, and then I get the Fairlife fat-free milk mm -hmm. with the increased protein that they, they somehow they no sprinkle idea. some voodoo dust over it <laughs> and make <laughs> it have more protein. <laughs> so it's it's in this light blue jug, this Fairlife milk, the fat-free with the increased protein. I think it even has like reduced lactose. So it's, it's a, a cleaner fat-free milk. I do that with some rice checks and a whey shake is like my Saturday morning breakfast. Mm. Like nobody else is up. I have my coffee, um, you know, maybe sometimes sitting in the backyard with the dogs. I drink my shake and then I sit down and like those rice checks when you're nine weeks out is almost the equivalent of freaking Captain Crunch. Mm. It's just this amazing, like almost feels like a cheat when I'm eating it. So that's my other thing that I do. That so. brings me to my question about your, your, your calculations there. Are you calculating that on a normal day, taking into account, let's say, for example, if I was to do a refeed on a Saturday and Sunday, I'm not hitting it as hard on Saturday and Sunday as I am Monday through Friday in the right. gym. I mean, I may, I may do you know some some steady state cardio or something, but you know that caloric intake. Do you dial that down knowing that you're going to have less activity that no, day? No, I, I change no calories. Okay, whether it's a training day or an off day. Okay, a deficit is a deficit. Okay. We've even talked about yeah. this. You talked about just just in a coma, you're going to burn yeah. three thousand calories right. or whatever that number was. We talked about that was the whole thing of making sure your protein number stays right where it's at. Exactly to make, to make sure you're maintaining muscle mass. If you're in the 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 Facebook group, or if you've had any conversations with us, if you don't already know that we're just going to beat you in the head with protein, then, then wake the fuck up because protein is your most vital and important macronutrient for the physique enthusiast. For those of you trying to build that elite physique for cubicle sitting Betty that just wants her keto cheesecake recipe, whatever, go do your thing, Betty, you know, Keto Kenny, he can go do, you know, he can have his keto cheesecake and his keto fudge and his keto brownies and he can put butter in his coffee and he goes and sits behind his computer all day. If you're training your ass off, these refeeds work. They, you know, like I said, they help raise hormonal balance. They replenish that muscle glycogen, prepare you for a hard training re week. And as you're in a caloric deficit, your metabolism slows. Mm -hmm. This is a fact. And we need to ramp that shit back up. And if you're going to ramp it back up, there's no better way to qu quickly re replenish that and shock that system and throw gas on the fire than by throwing those clean carbohydrates back into the mix and getting that machinery racing again. And Caleb 
probably made the point of all points in this most simplest of terms and just the most casual way. I can't tell you how many times as a coach for years that I've said to a client who said, the scale's not moving, nothing's changing in, in the mirror, I don't see it in pictures, I feel like dog shit, and uh, I had a client named Barbara, and one I remember one specifically one night because she freaked, she said, what do I do? I said, I want you to have two rice cakes, slather a whole shitload of peanut butter on it, drench a bunch of honey in it right before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. She's like, are you out of fucking mind? <laughs> I'll, I'll blow up like a damn blowfish. Are you crazy? I'm like, just do it. So she did it, she woke up the next morning, and she said, holy shit, I'm down a pound, I, I feel tighter, I'm vascular, my energy's back, I feel great. No, I'm not saying she dropped a pound of body fat through right. the night. But what what happened was is that glycogen and that sodium and the peanut butter and fat, which is part of the cell membrane, sucked all that into her muscles, absorbed all that, blew her up, got the machine racing again, increased that metabolic rate, and it and it's like I said, it's like when you have a fire, you got this like wet log that's been slowly burning and slowly dying and slowly dying, and you take a freaking solo cup full of gasoline and you throw it on that thing. Think of that visual the next time that you're having those carbohydrates on a refeed. And it always seems to work. I have a client who had some blood work come back. The blood work is not bad at all, but her thyroid hormone, her T3 was low. What's the first thing that hits my head? Oh, you need a refeed. Mm -hmm. You need some carbs. You need to re-stimulate that production of T3 and regulate those thyroid hormones. Now, most women will be like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. You know, I'm like, no, you don't understand how this works. Just because we've been inundated by all these keto kennies out there and all these people trying to make a fast buck off of the keto craze who make you think like the carbohydrates are, are the devil. And, and if you have one, you're going to blow up like a freaking puffer fish. That's just not the way the body works. That's yeah. not the way it works. You can get these amazing benefits from a low carb diet if you cycle it properly. Our ancestors would go, they're, they're preferred, for all you vegans out there, sorry, but we never would have sustained ourselves <laughs> as a species if we'd have sustained veganism for thousands and thousands and millions of years. But they were eating animals. They, that's what they went for. When they'd wake up in the morning and the cave women would tell Cave Grok to get <laughs> little Cave Grok throw in your little pouch, get your spear, and go fucking kill something because we're starving here and I'm tired of eating grub worms and bark. Yep. You know, that was what they wanted. They wanted meat. But do you think for a minute if they'd stumble up onto a fucking plum tree in the middle of July, they wouldn't gut that thing oh, yeah. and all just lay there and go into a freaking plum coma? Of course they would. because And they would be better from it. That's just the way, that's the way nature works. So to exclude one macronutrient and say you should never eat this. Now, it is true, there is no human need for life for carbohydrate. You can live the rest of your life and never eat another carb and live a, a perfectly healthy life. Mm. But there is a benefit to it, especially from a production tool. You know, just the body's processes for, for, for energy maintenance, for you know, the certain things that it does help with, especially if you're, and this is the key, if you're active. If you're active, the culture we live in today, what are we? Sedentary. Inactive, sedentary, yes. lazy bastards. We sit behind screens, we sit behind our phones, we watch YouTube videos diddle daddle on fucking TikTok all day, and we're slowly dying. Okay? Yeah. 
We are. So go lift some damn weights. Go take a walk in the sunlight. Breathe some fresh air. Burn your mask and get back into the groove of being a living, functioning human being again. Eat your animal meat. Have steak and eggs. And on occasion, have a big ass sweet potato. Mm. You're going to be just fine. Okay. That oh. sounds great. All right. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that one little shot of maple bourbon, I think. I think that got my juices. It woke me up again. Reefies. He's very passionate about reefies. That's crazy. I have a client that just uh, she she started probably I'd say about a month and a half ago, and we kind of got her macros dialed down, and she's been going really hard for about four weeks, and she didn't talk to me about it, but she sent me a picture after the fact. She sent me a picture of like two sushi rolls. <laughs> and I was like, so you're going to run into something. You're going to drop two pounds and you're going to see it on the scale tomorrow. <laughs> that's my that's my go-to refeed is always sushi. sushi. Can I talk? I was just, oh, absolutely. I was just like, the, you just stumbled I, I'm not going to take credit for this, even yeah. though I believe this. There's a very famous bodybuilding coach named Hani Rambod. If you're into bodybuilding at all, he was the coach of Phil Heath, who won how many Mr. Olympias? And he's also the current coach for um, Hadi Chopin, the Iranian monster who got third in the Olympia. The Low-key sleeper. Low-key sleeper. Yeah. Just going to go ahead and tell you that. Yeah. Watch Hadi, for him next Hadi year. is the man because he is right. training his ass off and he's pissed and motivated. Anyway, um, he said, my favorite all-time refeed meal of all time is sushi. Tons of protein. You get that white rice all that sodium right mm-hmm. it just it's a shuttle effect that just like blows everything up that's why the 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 chicken and broccoli the chinese mm-hmm. that it it just blew me up i mean i'll never forget that my wife who admittedly says honey i can't really tell i see you every day i mean yeah you look fine i'm like, whatever the morning after we went to wild walk and mm-hmm. got the chicken and rice that next morning i walked out and just freaking boxers and she's mm-hmm. like jesus I'm like what she's like High veins? What the hell? Yeah. I'm like, must have been the Chinese. So vascular. <laughs> oh, you're so vascular. Take me now. <laughs> Your veins have veins. <laughs> oh, that's soy sauce. And she rolled her eyes and said, whatever. But yeah, that's a, that's a real thing for sure. I mean, every, every time I'm in like just eating, you know, throughout the week, because it's the same thing for me where throughout the week I'm eating you know, primarily protein, super low on carbs. And I'm not really even high fats either. Pretty low on that too. I mean, really just more carnivore even. But then on the weekend or Friday nights and Saturday nights, I mean, if I can get some sushi in there, that's what I'm doing. And then Monday morning comes and I I haven't had a Monday morning where I haven't dropped weight from that. And then what's the key element also that leads into that? What are you doing at 1230 on Monday? training oh, your ass 100%. off on another back day right. and then shoulders on Tuesday and then la- I mean well I mean also Monday I mean it's right back to I'm eating eggs yeah, again and yeah. I'm eating meat again you know it's not like oh well I'm I'm upping my calories I never even on a cheat am I not even, I'm calling it a cheat on a refeed day but I think what you said earlier is good advice too because I think that people can think of refeed and think yeah I'm going to eat whatever I want to and they don't even worry about like how many calories I'm mm-hmm. intaking now or whatever like I'm still in the calorie deficit when I'm pounding the sushi you know yeah. so yeah and even on a refeed I make I may slowly come around maintenance or even slightly above maintenance but it's for one day 
And then I go right back to depletion on Monday morning. And, you know, I, I tell people, I call it deplete, target, reload. Mm-hmm. You deplete through the week. You target some carbohydrates systematically around your training, as long as you're training hard and intense, which you should be. And then you reload on the weekends, whether it be mm-hmm. one day or two days, wherever you're at. That's up for your coach to decide. But, uh, you know, it's that that method freaking works. And when people say, you know, I've had, there was a guy who posted uh, in the ketogenic bodybuilding group, I think it was yesterday, I forget the kid's name, but he looks great. And he's like, the caption was, yeah, they, they said I couldn't build muscle on keto. And yep. He looked fantastic. You I remember saw that? that? Yep. Mm-hmm. I saw and that. he looked great. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. There's another example of the mainstream morons out there that think just because you've reduced a, a, a macronutrient and, you know, basically replaced it with maybe a better, healthier macronutrient for the bulk of your week. And then bring in that that one little tool out of the toolbox that has a specific place. It all comes together. I mean, fat is energy, carbs are energy, but the carbs are that that fast hitting, you know, glycogen producing carbohydrate that restores those processes. It's it has its thing. It has its thing. It's a, in the Swiss Army knife of macronutrients and calories and training. It's that one freaking blade you pull out to to for that one particular purpose, and because that only that one tool will work. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. I mean, I wrench on motorcycles. That's something I love to do. And there are certain things on my bike. There's only one fucking star nut bolt <laughs> that you have to buy from freaking Indonesia will work on that bolt. No other thing will. No matter no. what I do, not freaking channel locks. Not nope. nothing. I gotta have that one damn tool and I'd better be able to find it or I am screwed. Mm-hmm. That's the way carbs are. That's the way you got to look at it. Well, yeah, on that I, note, I have to go train a client. You have to go train a client. Well, right. we got through well, that was fun. That was fun. Come back anytime. Was great. I'll see you one. next. Well, every other Friday, every other Friday. <laughs> All right. I'll be here. Put it on your calendar. Bye guys. Bye Ryan. Bye Ryan. Go ahead. Talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's gone. As soon as he closes the door, we're going to talk. I think it's funny too. I have a friend who he works at a desk all day long and he was talking to me about, he's like, man, you know, I'm really wanting to drop some weight. And he's like, you've dropped 70 pounds so fast. That's, that's unbelievable. And, um, he's like, you know, what are you doing? I was kind of talking to him about it and telling him about how many calories I'm intaking in a day or whatever else telling him about being in a calorie deficit. And he's like, Man, I I did that stuff on like my fitness pal and I, I can't even eat anywhere near as close as many like calories as you eat. How how's it even possible? I'm like, Well, h- how often do, are you in a gym? And he's yeah. like, Oh, like maybe once a week and you sit at a desk all day? I'm like, Of course you can't have that many calories. Synergy. It's synergy. Train. Do some cardio for conditioning. Uh lots of sleep and rest. Reduce cortisol. Eat properly. If you're trying to lose body fat, be in a deficit. If you're trying to gain mass, be in a surplus. It doesn't have to be a massive surplus. There's a formula for everything that we do, but you have to work. Consistency, consistency. You know, you got to take this shit seriously. You have to become a student of it. You can't expect something as important as changing, you know, everything about your life, your health, your body to, to a level that you put yourself among what 3% of the population. Right. If you're not becoming a student of that, that'd be like, if I wanted to rebuild my transmission, I'd be like, Oh, I'll tear this thing apart and see what I can figure out. You know, maybe a day a week over the next few months and see what I can figure out. I would have to like study my ass off Mm -hmm. of how fucking transmissions work. Right. 
and then maybe probably hire somebody to advise me on how to rebuild a damn transmission step by step and keep me accountable for every turn of every bolt of this damn thing, right? Mm -hmm. It just amazes me how people just lackadaisically just, sometimes people hire me and they think just by pumping in the damn credit card number, they're gonna drop 20 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta work your ass off. Yeah. And and I'll get these clients that'll hire me and and I will set some things and I'll do this and I'll never hear from them again. You know, the beauty of what I do is engaging me in conversation. Ask me a question. The people that ask me a daily question are the ones that get the best results because Mm -hmm. they become a student of this and I am a coach. I walk them through the processes of what I've been doing for the past nearly 30 years. But they have a vested interest too. I mean, they they want to make themselves better. Right, right. And, And... it just, it just don't mock this sport that I love so much by not putting everything into it. Don't do that. Yeah. I like what you said, too, about just being a student. I mean, I think that this past, this whole cut for me and everything and, and dropping has been about even, you have to even learn about your own body like yourself because not everybody's going to react, you know, the, the same to what somebody else is doing necessarily. But, I mean, like, I know for me where – I said sushi is like my favorite refeed because I've always seen, you know, results, results. from it. Maybe it might, it might not be the scale, but maybe it's, you know, the way I feel or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I, I know that one time I tried to do a refeed with um, just like pasta or something. I was like, I'm just going to have some pasta because it's going to be a carb. It's going to be good. Man, on that Monday, I felt terrible oh, yeah. afterwards. I was like, this is so. So you have to. You'll learn yourself like what what it is your body needs. We had that conversation. I, I cannot do pasta. Yeah. If I eat pasta, I get GI distress. It keeps me up at night. I feel puffy, and I will wake up the next morning looking like dog shit. But yeah. if I eat freaking white rice, cream of rice, or a potato. Yeah. Vascular. Vascular, <laughs> just shredded. Pasta is, is evil for me. I can't do it. I right. can't get close to it. And I don't do well on brown rice. Hmm. White rice for me only. Brown rice tears me up. So I, so I think too it's it's moments like that and and there'll be sometimes there'll be moments in the week where I know that I've been you know been hardcore with just eating some eggs or whatever else and I'll feel my body you know being like man you kind of need something and I might like you know have like a rice cake or something just to mm-hmm. have a little something rice there but great, it's yeah. yeah it's paying attention and even learning your own body and knowing what it mm-hmm. needs and you'll feel those results you know there there's a Okay. For me, for me, it's like right after a, like a bad leg day or something. I just yeah. have to have a little something there. I mean, I, and there's I, nothing wrong with yeah. that. I mean, it, there, uh, there's a there's a you know, there's a reason why you know I don't do a lot of post workout carbs. I am now because I'm so depleted and mm-hmm. it's helping me. But I don't do a ton of post workout. I try to take in enough to where it, it carries over just slightly after the workout and then it's gone. But you know, it's it's whatever works for you. And and there is a there, there's another methodology out there that on um, that some people do on. Uh, there you go. Tip that up. <laughs> redrink. <laughs> this is a redrink. There's a methodology of people that, will, that which is fine. I mean, if it works for you, and I've said this before, I mean, one thing I hate is the suppression of, of ideas. Mm-hmm. And if our group, it's very, very clear that we are a high protein, moderate fat, low carb group that also believes in carbohydrate as a tool and we use refeeds, da, da, da. If somebody comes into that group and says, Hey, I see what you guys are doing. That's great. But you know what works for me? If I have, you know, 80% fat and I put two sticks of butter in my morning coffee and I eat fat back with my hands and then I do shots of macadamia nut oil before I go to bed 
and then I eat a styrofoam cooler lid. <laughs> and, oh, and I say, okay, and they post a picture of themselves, and they're jacked, and they're shredded, and they look great, and their health numbers are good, and they feel awesome, and they love their life. I'm going to be like, good great. <laughs> Don't change a fucking thing. Don't change a thing. Unless you feel like you could even improve on that, and you want to try something new. Then try it. But mm-hmm. if, if what you're doing is working for you, don't let us tell you any different. And right. I'm not going to get into that stupid ass pissing match of my science is better than your science bullshit. Mm-hmm. If it works for you, do it. Research the science. Do your due diligence and then apply it and have an N equals one. For me, I've got an N equals dozens because I work with people and I see what works. There are outliers out there. And somebody's going to disagree with this. And I really don't care. Everybody knows this. But there are people that I've worked with that cannot lose weight in a deficit. Hmm. It, you know, that's could it be hormonal? Could it be some element of the insulin hypothesis? I don't know. But some people's going to say, "Oh, they're just lying to you." No, I've been personally around family members who I know have been following deep caloric deficits and not lose weight. And I will change a few things in what they're eating not necessarily the amount, and then we get some things start Results. to change. Every, you know, there are outliers out there. They're, everybody's unique in some way, so you have to find out what works for There are There's sort of universal umbrellas, but under that umbrella, you know, there are certain people out there that there's these nuances that we, we have to fix and adapt to that may be unique to them and nobody else. Mm-hmm. And then what I was trying to get to before is there's, you know, a big faction of people out there that when they do a refeed, they do the most high processed sugar shit that you would imagine. They're eating, they're literally eating boxes of fruity pebbles, you know, fucking (laughs) pop darts, high, high carb, high sugar, low fat carbohydrates. Yeah. And I tried that two times. My blood sugar swings were so massive I got physically ill, dizzy, lightheaded, couldn't function. On one particular day, I, I went to go mow the lawn. 20 minutes later, Nancy found me sitting down out in the backyard, and I was complete train wreck. I do not believe in that approach. I think it's just an excuse to eat shit. If there are people out there that can succeed with that, once again, good for you. Yeah. That's great. It's nothing I would ever recommend to a client. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I don't agree with that. And then the last thing I want to say is this. It's the most unpopular topic on the planet. We probably should devote an entire episode to it, but genetics are so important. Mm -hmm. Number one, and this is going to be like, you know, you know, let's say you got a friend and that friend, you know, lost, got divorced and they got kicked out of their house and you said they could stay with you for a month. And then six months later, they're still staying in your house. <laughs> so you got to have that uncomfortable day where you sit them down and say, dude, you know, I, I feel for you, but it's, it's time to fuck out. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to have that conversation, but you know, it's time because if you don't, then you're going to be divorced and, you know, but you should, the goal should be to reach your best genetic potential. What works best for you may not have you looking like, the next Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. It may not give you a physique that's going to be worthy of a top two finish in an NPC competition, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Because for most people, if you reach your absolute genetic potential, you're going to be thrilled with it. I guarantee that. It may not be what you expected or what you had drilled into your head. 
Maybe, you know, you think to yourself, I want to look like Chris Bumstead. And then yes, a year I later, like you may be the same body fat as Chris Bumstead, but you don't look like Chris Bumstead. <laughs> but I'll bet if you, if I asked you honestly, when nobody else is listening, aren't you pretty thrilled at where you're at though? The answer is going to be yes. Oh yeah. So, you know, just because I can do a certain thing or this guy can do a certain thing or that girl can do a certain thing. Don't let that dissuade you for giving it everything you have. I'm going to piggyback off that because, you know, as an entire, well, since junior high, I've always been one of the biggest people in my class, right? I mean, just wide and thick and just a big guy. When I do a cut like I we just went through, I start feeling like I, whether I'm, I'm I lose muscle or don't lose muscle, I still feel scrawny, mm-hmm. even though I know I haven't lost muscle. I still lift the same. I do the same thing. I start in my head. I'm like, something, something's in there. It's like oh, you're, you're getting small. Yeah, and, and that that messes with me. Well, uh, I'll take that a slight step. I, I, I'm not going to take it a step further. I'm going to take it to a different direction. I was 240 pounds mm-hmm. before I started my cut. In clothes, I looked like a fucking pro, mm-hmm. kinda. You yeah. know, I was a big fucking guy. Right. I didn't really see it that much because I see myself every day. But people were saying, "Jesus Christ, you're fucking huge," or people would tell my daughter, "Your dad is huge. He is fucking gigantic." Or so, like one of my wife's friends or the, the nail lady or the groomer, would be like, "Oh my God, your husband is gigantic." Mm-hmm. Well, of course that strokes your ego a little bit. You're like, "Wow, well, yeah, I've, I'm a bodybuilding nut. I've always wanted to look like this, and now I'm here, and now it's time to cut." And then you get down to 220 pounds. And then you start to look smaller and you look smaller and nobody's calling you huge anymore. Nobody's saying you're a monster anymore. (laughs) Right. But I'm at that point now where it's like the Chris Bumstead takes his shirt off in the gym viral thing. (laughs) At least I know that I'm at a point where like if I go to the lake Mm -hmm. and I'm wearing a baggy shirt, nobody's going to look twice at me. But then when I peel that thing off, people are going to go, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So I still got that. So there's always that transition space to where you're the big guy and then it's like you feel like you're just a pile of mush. Mm -hmm. But I promise you, if you can get sub 10, any male on earth especially, you get sub 10, you're going to be fucking thrilled. And if you're, let's see, hypothetically, let's say you're 240 pounds Mm -hmm. at 20% and then let's say you're 208 pounds at 7%, that... 7% 7% physique looks bigger yeah. shirtless right. than the one that's 20% because a cut separated physique looks bigger mm-hmm. when, when you reveal it. Right. it. It definitely does. Like there's a lot of physique competitors that you see on stage. It's like, like Sean Clarita who won the 212. He was, he was like 180 some pounds. Another guy's like 5'3". Mm-hmm. But when you look at a picture of him, you're like, man, that guy's enormous. But if you were to walk in that door right there, just with a baggy shirt on, he'd be like, this guy, this guy looking to use the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. what so, do you want? <laughs> right. But, but, you know, just if you strive to be your genetic best, and, and if you guys, if you can that one time get to that sub 10, ladies get to that like 16 or below, you know, ladies at 16 or below, I don't care how old you are, you're back to bikini body. Guys, you get sub 10 anybody's going to look at you at the freaking freaking beach and be like, wow, that guy takes care of himself. He's in shape. And you're going to be part of that 3% of the population that never gets to that point. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Anything else we need to cover? Did, did, did we explain refeeds okay? I think so. I think that was a good that was a good one. Yeah. Try, try to keep it simple. I didn't want to be like the science asshole. <laughs> I think we kept it pretty simple. You're a science asshole. <laughs> I'll tell you what you are. <laughs> I'll call it out right now. I w- you know, we're at 59 minutes. Wow. So we have one minute to say whatever one we want to say. Yeah. Anybody want to say something? Close this bitch out. Uh, my legs hurt. <laughs> my whole body hurts. I feel like I've been hit by a bus. I'm it's time hungry. to refeed. I'm hungry. I get a refeed later. I'm having fish and a potato tonight. Fish and potato. Rice checks in the morning. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess nobody has anything poignant to say. I guess we're all tapped out and tired and hungry. So it's Friday. It's time to start the weekend. Hey, in case I never mentioned it, I do this coaching thing. (laughs) If you're looking for somebody... Uh, go to www.robgoodwin.com. All my coaching packages are on there, and I would love to help you. I'd love to have you part of the tribe. If you're not a member of the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Facebook group, search that. You can find it in no time. Uh, I've got this great little free report also on my website called the KGBROE. That's the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Rules of Engagement. That just kind of briefly explains our ideology. And I think it's seven things that I think everybody should be engaging in to better understand what we do. Uh, Instagram at ketogenic bodybuilding, my personal Instagram, you've been warned. It's all over the map. It's at the real Rob Goodwin. And, uh, do you guys want to plug anything? Uh, nah. <laughs> no, you know, our names. Nah. <laughs> Remember, um, don't follow us. <laughs> tag Caleb in the Facebook group and yell him, yell yeah. him about t-shirts and apparel. And uh, until Friday after next, we are out. And, oh, remember next week, prep update number two will be out, and I will be outlining what I will plan to do for my peak week going into my first competition. We done? We're done. We're done. Number 13 is in the books. Thanks, guys, for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll all be together a week from next. Yep. All right. Peace, guys. See Peace. ya. See ya.